Kirk, Spock, Bakoy, and Yeoman Ran arrive on a planet resembling Earth in the 1960s mm-hmm. and discover it has been ravaged by a genetically engineered virus that kills adults and extends childhood. Oh, dear. Kind of really just tells you what happens in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you think you're going to get out of this? Uh, well, how have they got stranded this time? So the kids are left alone. How long are they going to be wearing underpants on their head and eating Cheerios <laughs> before they start establishing a hierarchy, <laughs> having jobs, and then bashing each other's brains in? And you think it's going to be a little Lord of the Flies kind of thing? Mm, maybe. Depends if they've got TV or not. How? If they have, they'll probably just keep to the Cheerios and the underpants. <laughs> so I'm expecting Kirk and Rand are going to be playing a parental role in this. Okay. Maybe creating a bit of sexual tension. And I've heard that it's controversial this episode and yeah. I'm wondering why. Yeah, we'll Maybe find out. the children are sexualized in some way or there's too much violence mm. among the children. What I'm really hoping for is that like in Annie, they've created some kind of a song and dance routine, at least one. <laughs> I'm sure that's it. Rachel watches Star Trek. Earth style distress signal. SOS. I've answered it on all frequencies, sir. They don't reply. Not a vessel, a ground source. The third planet in this solar system, according to my instruments. Directly ahead. Definitely an Earth style signal. We're hundreds of light years from Earth, Mr. Spock. No colonies of vessels out this far. Measuring the planet now, Captain. Spheroid-shaped. Circumference, 24,874 miles. Mass, 6 times 10 to the 21st power tons. Mean density, 5.517. Atmosphere. Oxygen, nitrogen. Earth. Not the Earth. Another Earth. Another Earth. Hmm, another Earth. Another Earth. Shatner's looking really good in this episode. Oh, really? Mm, I thought so. Very sparkly and smouldery. Oh, all right. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't. I, I, I mean, Shatner's got the goods, obviously, mm. but I didn't notice any special Shatner. Something was going on for is you. Is it me? Am I am I sinking into him, or is he getting more alluring? And maybe they're getting better at lighting him. Is my <laughs> suggestion. I, I don't know. You know, this whole situation is insane. When they say it's Earth-like, it's exactly like Earth. The continents are North mm. America, South America. You can see Florida. It's it is an identical yeah. duplicate of Earth. The land masses look the same anyway. Yes. The people speak in English in American accents. Yeah. But it's 1960s Earth, and then something happened. 300 years have gone by since this incident, which mm. is about equal to when Star Trek is supposed to be. So subtracting 300 years from Star Trek would take you back to the 1960s. Yeah. This is like an Earth from a parallel dimension, but in the same dimension. So mm-hmm. that's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for them to explore this and talk about how this happened. <laughs> <laughs> and get really excited and explore the whole world. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> The landing crew beamed down. It's Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and Rand, and two other security officers uh, referred to by Spock as guards. No, they're not going to last then, are they? <laughs> well, they're named Galloway and Fields, it says uh, in, mm. the, in the research that I did. Mm-hmm. This place has got all these post-apocalyptic features, you know, old cars and such. 
They're playing music that sounds a bit like West Side Stories, <laughs> Jets and Sharks music. <laughs> so hang on a minute. How important is it to you to know that the guards are called Galloway and Fields? Uh, Why did you bother to look that up? Because I just have a nameless guys. It sort of annoys me because they're the real people, mm. you know, with hopes and dreams. And <laughs> and I, I like thinking of the people dismiss them as red shirts. And I like to think of them as, as full individuals. They've got parents. <laughs> they've got wives. Yeah. The real people. And they kind of just get dismissed. Also, I'm curious if they're reused. I pay attention to those types <laughs> of things. It's all in the detail for you. <laughs> yep. Why does Kirk pick up a broken tricycle and then hand it to Spock, who hands it to McCoy? <laughs> it's so funny. We laughed out loud at that part. Odd. I think it is supposed to be a little foreshadowing mm -hmm. because it's a child's tricycle and we don't know yet that this is all about children. Broken, decayed childhood. Yeah, it could be. But I think it's a little heavy handed and it doesn't really make sense. So then a zombie in a wig leaps out and throttles McCoy. Yeah, man. It's really crazy and violent, but they managed to subdue him. Well, you say subdue him, Kirk punches him many times <laughs> and then comforts him as he pines over his broken tricycle. <laughs> and then he kind of has a seizure and dies. Well, yeah, he subdued him with pummeling. With punches, yeah. yeah. McCoy said it's as if he's aged 100 years in the last few minutes using his little sensor thing. It's called a medical tricorder. 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 Like... Tricorridor. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> Like a, like a recorder. A tricorder. Yes, Tri like a okay. recorder, but it's three. three. I don't know what the three things recording. that... <laughs> recording it three times. It's Handing the bike to three different people <laughs> and then recording three times. <laughs> <laughs> they hear another noise and they all run towards it. Rand is thankfully wearing matching red underpants, which oh. are fully revealed. Wow, I didn't oh, yeah, notice that. Yeah, they were the same fabric as the dress. Oh, wow. They'd realised yeah. at this point. Yeah. They stop to wonder how old a grand piano is. Why does Spock know the answer to that? <laughs> And why do they mind? <laughs> I don't know. They're still investigating, working out what's going on at this yeah. point, I guess. There's a lot of really weird things in the beginning. It picks up speed, this yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was loving it, though. I was just happy that they were together at last. <laughs> yes. Looking around, they find the scared girl in a wardrobe. She uh, says, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me again and again and again. Kirk comforts her, saying that we'll help. I thought it was really moving, that part. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. The girl says, grups don't help. They burn, yell, throw things. Spock and the security guards hear more noise outside and they go to check it out. When they do, they're pelted by rocks that children are throwing at them off screen and, and hidden away. But we hear their laughter and their the Creepy, taunting yeah. sounds. Yeah. The girl's name is Miri. Uh, we find out from her that the feral kids call themselves the only. Miri is afraid of the adults because she knows that they're going to turn into those zombie things. Mm. Uh, but Kirk uses his charm in a very creepy way yeah. to earn Miri's trust. I think it was supposed to be a father vibe, mm. but it came off as a guy creeping on an underage girl to me. Mm -hmm. I, I think mostly because he compliments her on her beauty, which seems like he's appealing to her as an early teen who wishes to be seen as an adult. Yeah, and all this was with romantic music and twinkly Vaseline lens yeah. on him, not her. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it came across as predatory yeah manipulative yeah there's some little corner of it that's that's often the way people do talk to girls is about how pretty they look or what they're wearing yeah it wasn't that though was it it didn't feel that way no mm. anyway she calls the adults grups mm. and they all turn into these monsters and try and kill the kids mccoy figures out this was caused by a plague all the adults are dead he's not sure why the kids are alive at this uh -oh. point oh our crew are adults 
Uh, and humans. There you go. And Kirk looks down, notices he's got this blue blemish on his hand, and he's got the disease. I got one word for you, Chris. Yeah. Gloves. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't. They need to justify not doing that at this point. Maybe it makes them less sensitive to the data that they're picking up yeah. or it's making them unappealing to the natives of an island. Why don't they go down in spacesuits that are environmentally protected, that keeps out any kind of virus or infection? Yeah. or uh... Maybe this was airborne, as you suggested when we were watching it. So yeah. it may not have been that he touched the zombie. Right. But still, why weren't they in sealed spacesuits? Come on, man. But maybe, and I'll try and stick up for Star okay. Trek here, maybe it's that the... Enterprise scans the mm -hmm. planet for any kind of harmful contagion. Mm. And since this is something they've never run across before, it, it didn't pick it up. But why would they have run across something that was on an alien planet <laughs> that they've never visited before? I... I don't know. I'm I'm, gra I'm grasping straws here. I know that. <laughs> but I think the show would be kind of lame if everybody just yeah. laid around in spacesuits. Oh, the yeah. Time. I yeah. understand they have to have this con of conceit, but um, they could just explain it away like they do with other things. So, of course, they can't go back up to the ship for fear of contamination. Well, at least that's something. Yeah. And Kirk insists no one be beamed in for their safety. Good. Yes. So Miri takes them to this lab that is close by. There, McCoy hopes to figure out what people knew about this plague before it killed everybody. They have the Enterprise beam down some equipment to work on a cure. Mm. They find out that they all have the disease, except for Spock, of course. However, they do say that he can carry the disease, and if he went back up to the ship, he could spread it. Ah, yes. So... So what did you think of him being immune? Of course he's immune. He's Spock. He's <laughs> yeah. awesome. He seemed pretty pleased with himself. He did. <laughs> Bit of one upmanship for him, <laughs> even though it was Gallo's humor, because they yes. were all going to die. Yeah. <laughs> They all calmly, if slightly irritably, try and find out the answers using this 1960s lab. Rand says zero during all this, mm -hmm. just looks worried while the men are trying to work it out. Yeah. Um, at one point, Kirk asks her to take Miri for a walk. She's not even annoying them. <laughs> Maybe he's that attuned to kids that he knows in advance that she needs to burn off some energy. Right. Because he had her sharpening some pencils earlier with yeah, one of did, those yeah. little turning pencil things. Yeah. Kids love that. Yeah. They can do that all day instead of having to sit at their desks at school. <laughs> <laughs> Spock discovers some old research and the people on this earth were working on a project to extend human life. And it sort of worked because, <laughs> well, the kids now age about one month to a hundred years. Oof. So that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. But when they hit puberty, they turn into these aggressive 28 days later zombies. <laughs> it kind of works. Yeah, yeah. And Spock thinks that the crew has probably a week before they die mm. and they'll lose their minds before that. So the plague began 300 years ago, turning all the adults and killing them relatively quickly, I mm -hmm. assume. And they estimate that people age one month for every 100 years. So these children have only aged three months in that whole time. Yep. Have there been no adults for the last 300 years? Or maybe they've come in from other areas of this earth and then caught it? Could be. Some teenagers will have hit puberty by aging one, two or three months. Yeah, sure. During the period and turned and died, but not many. Yeah. Are these the only people left on earth? There's so few of them. Yeah. Have I, all the other children been killed? I think so. Mm. If these are the only ones left, these are the cream of the crop, the really good survivors. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed seeing Kirk, Spock and McCoy work together. Yeah. They yeah. don't usually do things as the three of them. There's been real scanty use of Spock in recent episodes. Well, he's awesome. And if they overuse him, <laughs> it's just going to be the Spock show, which it kind of already is. Ah, uh, for you anyway. <laughs> 
Rand was in this episode. You haven't even noticed Hocus Pocus there. Yeah, well, Rand is uh, underused and as an adult living in the 21st century, <laughs> the sexist stuff really bothers me. Mm. You know, like when a scary thing happens, she cowers behind Kirk. My crush as a young lad yeah. is kind of... Uh, superseded by the kind of the sexist attitudes that are in the show that I didn't really notice when I was a kid. That Aww. stuff has become a lot more noticeable to me. It's all right. That's growing up, in it? I guess. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> Kirk wants to find the elusive children to get some answers. He says at that point that children have an instinctive need for adults, but these are traumatized children, aren't they? They've mm -hmm. been attacked by every adult they've known, yeah. living without adults as well for the last 300 years. So I'm wondering if this instinct has survived in them. Mm. Rand muses on prolonged childhood, no responsibility, eternal play, a dream. Kirk advises her not to examine that dream too closely. And mm. I thought, hmm, that was a good bit of dialogue yeah, for me. And then Spock notes that Miri likes Kirk and is becoming a woman. What did you make of that? <laughs> Well, I think it was just his way of saying that she's close to going through puberty mm -hmm. and that she is noticing men. Yeah. Even though there are no men and there hasn't been men probably for hundreds of years, except for Michael J. Pollard, which is coming <laughs> up here pretty soon. And, and he looks like he's easily in his mid-20s <laughs> yeah. playing a prepubescent yeah. kid. Uh, Kirk asks Miri to show him where the other kids are hiding. So she takes him to this old building where the oldest boy, Jan, played by, like I said, Michael J. Pollard. I mean, he's been in everything. Mm. And from that, he's this character actor. He's kind of got a puggy nose and a round face. Yeah. 1965 through 1989, he's mm. like in every single movie ah. as that weird guy. So he's only just coming up at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's good. He is good. He's, he's a good not actor. a child, though. He's definitely not a <laughs> child. So Jan and the other kids are trying to figure out what to do about the grups before they go nuts and try and kill them. I like the costumes the children were wearing. Yes. Uh, Cobbled together some army tin hats and yeah. American football helmets, weird green wig half off on one of the kids. <laughs> and one of the boys was wearing a kind of a floral maternity top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Liked it. Man, there was that one kid has got really yeah. big teeth and abnormally large proportions. Yeah, yeah he like really- his teeth are trying to escape from his face. <laughs> yes. And I also noticed yeah. that the um, boys have got really neat haircuts. Doesn't it grow in 300 years? Oh, yeah. That's Hair true. grows after death. And I read about that rare condition, Syndrome X, which prevents a baby from developing. They remain tiny and infant-like into their teens. Oh, One of wow. them survived until 20. I don't know about others. Oh, but wow. they have loads of haircuts. Of course they do. Yeah. Yeah, your hair still grows. Mm. And they all had really short hair. And then why do the festering zombified ones suddenly have long crazy blonde wigs uh when you go nuts you run to the wig shop and you put on <laughs> a put blonde on a wig <laughs> i don't your i don't hair know suddenly grows and goes blonde when yeah. you hit puberty you know that whole thing about hair turning white when you get scared or mm. something like that your hair can't turn color unless it's you know bleached or something like that it, it can naturally... gradually grow in it'll grow a in color. a different color sure yeah. it, it, it's silly obviously they're just trying to show that they go through a physical transformation mm. there's a lot about this that doesn't seem very well thought out but i'm just enjoying picking holes in it i'm not <laughs> trying to be mean because i did really like this episode yeah no, no no i get that so Jan goes on about the before time and how it would be terrible what would be terrible i don't know if he meant when there's masses of crazy adults trying to kill them or when they were kids and they had to do what adults told them to do 
Hmm. Yeah, not, maybe a bit of both. But it could also be this whole, you know, the Lost Boys kind of yeah. thing. I want to be free and I don't want adults telling me what to do. And they survived 300 years. They should yeah. be fine. So Jan has this plan to steal the crew's little boxes mm. so they won't be able to communicate with the ship. Oh, no. So Mary and Kirk show up and try to talk some sense into them. But a mutant girl jumps in and attacks Kirk, leaps on his back and thrashes around. Well, he just spins her around on his back for yeah, ages. For a long time. I guess it was like, no, no, longer. We got more time to fill. Keep, yeah. keep spinning, keep, keep spinning. spinning. Until she finally falls off Kirk and then he shoots her with his phaser, which is set to stun, mm. but she dies anyway Oof. due to the disease. Isn't uh, there a Kirk Fu movie could have used to stun her? There are many Kirk Fu moves he could have used, but maybe because the phaser would cause less injury. Mm-hmm. Because Supposedly. if you punch somebody, you know, you're going to get bruising, oh, yeah, you can break bones. To punch her. Isn't there a little p- nerve pinch or something you can do? Some, something a little temporary? Well, that's, I mean, that's a you know, that's a Spock move. Oh, the that, nerve pinch. does that do something really bad? No, no, that just knocks you out. But he can't, Kirk can't do that. He's not a Vulcan. So Mary's upset by this and she knows the girl whose name was Louise. She was just a little bit older than her. Yeah. So she's going to be doing the change soon. Back in the lab, while working on a cure, they hear that the Olneys are making some kind of taunting noises. Mm. So they run out to see what's going on and the kids sneak in and steal their communicators. Ah. When they return, Spock is horribly embarrassed Mm. that they fell for such a weak-ass trick. Man, they didn't all need to go rushing outside. That was ridiculous. And Spock, you should have known better. You should have not fallen for that trick. That's a a trick a 12-year-old would try and play on an adult. 300-year-old, 12-year-olds. True. Now, this is a further plot complication because they need the Enterprise's computers to do the calculations to figure out the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So as they're working on the cure, they're getting really snippy with each other mm-hmm. as the space madness is setting in. Kirk's pacing and he knocks something out of Rand's hands. She runs out shouting, no! <laughs> Kirk goes out to console her and then Rand confesses that she's always wanted the captain to check her out especially her legs. Mm. But then she points at her legs and you can see that she's got blue lesions uh, from the disease. Mary sees this and can sense that there's some kind of romantic chemistry between Kirk and Ran, and she gets jealous. So she goes back to the kids and helps Jan come up with a a plan to capture Rand. Mm. She's manipulative and seductive in this scene. Can we play that part? I'm going to be some foolie, Mary, but do you think it would work? I know, I know. Don't you think I've heard them talk? They have such little time to do this dumb thing of theirs, this Boninsky thing. And if we get her away, that yeoman, that's one person less to start off with. But how, Mary, if they're so busy, if they're going to have the big emergency, how are you going to get her away? It's easy. She's always asking me about the youngest and lonelies, the little ones. What if they get sick? Who takes care of them? Do they have enough to eat? Where do they sleep? I'll just tell her one of you fell down and got hurt. Me? See, it's me. All right, you. But grups, they know things and all that. You know, I bet they'll be able to do it with one person less. Not one. Two. Because he'll try to find her. Who? Who will, Mary? The captain. He'll try to find her, but he won't. Mr. Lovey-Dovey. Lovey-Dovey. Bonk, bonk on the head. Bonk, bonk. Man, oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. that is creepy. Uh-huh. Kids being violent is just, it's... Ugh. Do you think this could have been avoided if Kirk didn't lead Mary on? Yes. If he tried to connect with her in a more adult child way. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Yeah. Back in the lab, McCoy finds the vaccine. Yay! 
Yay! <laughs> However, he's not sure how much is needed. It could be a vaccine or a beaker full of death, they said. <laughs> yeah. They've got to get access to the ship's computers mm -hmm. to figure out how much to do. Ran is captured, and Kirk grabs Miri and aggressively demands to know where Ran has been taken. He explains what the disease is to her and that she will get it soon, and the other kids will as well. And furthermore, the little kids that would live a long time are going to be running out of food because mm -hmm. they're, there's almost nothing left, so they're going to die either way. Only Kirk and the Enterprise can save them. Miri kind of starts believing what Kirk is saying, so she takes Kirk to where they're holding Ran. Oh, the kids love a good chant, don't they? <laughs> tell them, Jim, tell them, Jim, no blah, 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 no blah, blah, blah. While Kirk's trying to talk to them, he's like an overwhelmed supply teacher. What do you call him in America? Substitute, Substitute. teacher, yes. <laughs> so Kirk tries to explain it to them, but they don't trust him, and it's really disturbing. Yeah, they start clubbing him with various implements. Yeah. He doesn't defend himself, but then just walks out of the pack of them and they stop. Yeah, I kind of wanted to see him just beat up some kids. I thought that would have been really funny, but no, he's he's not going to do it. We quickly like realize why. He wanted to prove a point. Yes. After trying a few arguments, Kirk finally points out that they are being violent, just like the Grups. And that, for some reason, is what resonates with them. Yeah. They, they understand. He says, we're not the ones who are being violent. You are. Yeah. I thought Shatner's acting was really good in this episode. Yeah. He's good. something more nuanced about it, something more truthful. Uh, meanwhile, Space Madness gets the best of McCoy, and he just injects himself with the serum willy-nilly. He doesn't even... Hero! <laughs> <laughs> it's not that brave, I suppose, given the reckless lack of protective clothing on these excursions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, golly. He passes out. Spock comes in, sees he's alive, but he's messed up. Kirk returns with all the kids and the communicators. They look at McCoy and see he's healing. It's working. Yeah. The Enterprise leaves a medical team with the kids who will be taken care of. And then we end the episode with this exchange. They were just children. Simply to leave them there with a medical just team. Just children. 300 years old and more. I've already contacted Space Central. They'll send teachers, advisors. And truant officers, I presume. They'll be all right. Mary, she really loved you, you know. Yes. I never get involved with older women, Yeoman. Mr. Spark? Captain? Full ahead. Warp factor one. Warp factor one, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> that older woman line did give me a chuckle. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. So the kids cured yeah. will now grow up? I don't know. I guess so. Mm. Yeah. What will become of their society? Well, what became of 1960s Earth Society? Wow. The Cuban Missile Crisis? <laughs> There's no adults <laughs> the there. The Beatles? They've lived without adults having been traumatized by them for 300 years and then had to hide from every teenager who hit puberty. Yeah. They're not going to be making the same kind of society that the average 1960s Earth became. Yeah. Well, it's strange to me that the kids still acted like kids even though they were 300 years old. I would think mm -hmm. that just because you haven't physically matured that you would still learn. You yeah. would still have experiences and thing. And maybe mm. that was part of the disease. Maybe mm. it stunted long-term learning. I would have thought their brains would develop all of those neural connections from 300 years of experience. Yeah, I yeah. presume. They would basically be adults that just look like children. Mm -hmm. So that is not as, as good as, as what they did here. Kirk gave a kind of a look at the end. I thought maybe he was thinking about having his own family or something. Mm -hmm. Did yeah. you notice it? You know, actually, I think he often has these moments where he just sort of ponders what has mm -hmm. transpired in the last episode. Yeah. And I think that it says more about you, really. Mm hmm. 
Let's for project that. Yeah. You projected. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. What you were thinking. And maybe that's a little Shanner trick there. <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> I can see what I want to see. It surprised me to know that Shatner has children at this point. Yeah. I didn't think of him as a family man, I guess. No. I imagine his marriage didn't last. I'm pretty positive it From did the not. little I know about him <laughs> so far. <laughs> now, the one thing about this episode that totally bugged me mm. is that they do not address the fact that this is an identical Earth. Mm. That is what I would be <laughs> yeah. freaking, freaking out, out about. about. Whoa, it's we identical. Found it. We have found a parallel Earth. It's evolved along the exact same lines as our Earth. Exactly. Yeah. And they're not like going, this is an insane phenomenon. I can't yeah. believe this has happened. Get everyone down here. But no, it's it's the disease and the kids and they kind of forget about the fact that it's an identical earth. They just leave then, don't they? (laughs) They just leave, yeah. Done that, we've done it, we've cured ourselves, let's go. They don't bring it up. Yeah. Like, whoa, 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 you can't just drop Mm. that. So I, of course, did some reading about this. They did address it later in one of these novels. They said it was an alternative version of earth from a parallel universe, which arrived in the primary universe as a result of a subspace confluence. It was evidently returned to its own universe by the same process in 2275, having been transported with a Vandala planetoid from the same universe. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) (laughs) It's from the Star Trek novel called Forgotten History. The original story that this was based off was not a duplicate Earth. It was different enough that it was obviously alien. Mm -hmm. Well, everywhere they go has a breathable atmosphere. Well, yes. What happened was nobody's really said it, but it seems like this is what they did. Budgetary reasons. They're like, well, we got this back lot that was used in, I don't know, an episode of the Twilight Zone or something like that. Yeah. We've run out of polystyrene, so... (laughs) Let's just change the script and say it's this parallel Earth that, you know, got stuck in the 1960s. They didn't adjust. They should have adjusted more. Surely they would go to their own hometown and see what it looked like. Even for the nostalgia, even if they knew it would be exactly the same. Go and have a little walk down your main street or go and see the pyramids or something. I would have been happy if at the end Spock said something like, this is such a bizarre phenomenon. Like this Mm -hmm. happened. Let's send a big team of people to investigate. Yeah. Could this happen other places in the universe? So we were talking earlier about the top of this, uh, the controversy Mm. of this episode, which I was able to dig up. After very careful consideration, a top-level decision was made, and this is the BBC, Uh not to screen the episodes entitled Empath, Whom the Gods Destroy, Plato's Stepchildren, and Miri, because they all dealt most unpleasantly with the already unpleasant subjects of madness, torture, sadism, and disease. Mm. So apparently when Miri was first broadcast to the BBC, several viewers wrote in to complain about the content, and the BBC reviewed the remainder of the episodes deeming these three as being unusable. Mm. They took it too far for the UK audience at the time. Certainly for family viewing. Yeah. Maybe having the kids do violent things mm-hmm. was kind of disturbing. And it was, even yeah. even to me. Also, this episode did not have Lieutenant Uhura for some mm. reason. They replaced her uh, with Lieutenant Farrell, who in the new Star Trek movies should have been played by Steve Buscemi. <laughs> yeah. He is a weird looking dude. <laughs> so my dear ratings, concepts, I give it a six. Mm-hmm. I wasn't particularly knocked out by the sci-fi idea of it. And there were so many 
things that bugged me. So it had some high concept ideas in mm-hmm. there and just didn't execute them very well. So I, I give it a six. It was a missed opportunity for you. Exactly. I've given it a seven for concepts. Mm-hmm. I was interested in kids being unable to trust adults having been abused, but yet won over by appealing to their sexuality. Wow, that's, that's actually pretty heavy. Mm. And I thought about it in the context of losing parents to war because I presume the writer's crew will have had the experience of the Second World War. Um, perhaps even the first, depending on how old they were, and losing multiple people that they know. And then something about adolescence as a disease, a loss of purity, play, innocence, protection, them becoming unsafe and predatory and mad Hmm. at puberty. Oh, yeah, that's another cool idea. I didn't really... And then the sense, the children's sense that their disease was arbitrary, that it might not happen to me, it just happens sometimes. Yeah. And Kirk had to Explain. tell her it yeah. happens to everyone. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. Wow. What is that a metaphor for? I wondered. There's something in society where people think it's not applying to me. Well, death. So yeah. maybe it's, maybe that, it's that. That feeling of immortality at that age. Yeah. All right. For sexiness. I've given it a four. Oh, even with sexy Kirk at the top. Mm, maybe it should be a bit higher <laughs> i did find kirk sexy in this he was well lit he was in command yeah. good acting yeah kind of being a dad yeah i like that yeah but i deduct points for his romantic manipulation of miri yeah that was kind of was kind of sexy in it too spock's always sexy <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Uh, yeah I, I enjoyed it too but i wouldn't say i found it particularly sexy i found mm. it in fact negative sexy oh very low on the sexiness one yeah maybe two tops Mm -hmm. because Kirk is very handsome. I really enjoyed seeing all that Kirk, Spock, McCoy action interaction. (laughs) 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 Maybe that's That's, the slash fiction I've just written. (laughs) Shame there was so little for Rand to do. Just the occasional mum task while the men did the scientific work. Yeah. So entertainment value. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of it that bothered me. So Mm -hmm. I'd say seven. Okay. Yeah. I've gone 8.5. Whoa. You really liked it. did. Seemed shorter to me than the other episodes. I liked the creepy kid chants. Yeah. Kirk getting clubbed. The time pressured problem solving with high stakes and yeah. increasing grumpiness. Yeah, yeah. A child in a half off green wig and a boy <laughs> in the floral maternity top. <laughs> so much. <laughs> Just some extra thoughts on it. Okay. Why was the first tricycle zombie mm-hmm. so creepily childlike? He would have been a 300 year old adolescent. Yeah. He but should've... he was on my tricycle. Yeah, he was talking like he was three. Mm. Yeah, that was weird. Again, maybe it could be part of that disease uh, degenerates your brain. Mm-hmm. So he's reverting. Yeah. I was wondering if there was a medical condition where someone grows up without puberty, mm. but still develops into an adult body and brain. There's hypogonadism and one of the rarer forms of that is Kalman syndrome. Mm. And I read about a 33-year-old doctor with Kalman syndrome who apparently was trapped in the body of a 12-year-old oh, because his body doesn't produce testosterone. Whoa. So if he was a doctor, he was able to develop an adult brain, presumably. Yeah, yeah. Incidentally, the treatment for that is six months of buttock implants, which can result in erections of up to 36 hours. <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, no thank you. 36 no, hours? That's just a little bit too long. That's <laughs> <laughs> 24, fine. You want to have sex for 24 hours? No. Yeah, no. They, things I get... want to have sex for 36 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you do if you were clubbed by a gang of feral kids? <laughs> 
<laughs> I would. I would just beat them. <gasps> I would. I would. Yeah, if, so they're, would. if they're trying to hurt me, if they're being violent, yeah. then, I mean, I would try and be as non-violent as possible. Some of those kids were big. Oh, yeah. And yeah. if a kid's going to hurt me, I got no problem taking them out. He's good at spinning. He should have got one on his back and spun around, shoving all the others out of the way with it, that one's legs. <laughs> yes, he should have definitely pulled out some of his Kirk Fu. He couldn't have got them on his side if he'd been violent. Exactly. Them. Well, Rachel, again, I've really enjoyed watching Star Trek with you. And you. And you think you want to keep watching some Star Trek with yeah, me? Yeah, go yes. on then. So next week, Dagger of the Mind. Dagger of the Mind. Sounds Shakespearean. Could be. Is that Macbeth? Maybe. If you're enjoying our show, please go to iTunes and put up a nice review. Yeah, you can even just give it a rating out of five. Yes. That'll help us to get an overall rating. We don't have enough yet to give it one. Yes. And then other people searching will find us and hopefully give it a go themselves. That's, that's ex exactly it. We've been getting lots of comments on our comment show as well. So Yeah, they're great. So it, it's get great. In that. Thank you for all the commenters. And with that, I'm Chris Lackey. And I'm Rachel Lackey. And you've been listening to... Rachel watches Star Trek. Rachel watches. Star Trek!